movies in 4K. You have found episode 34, and I am Bill Shetty. I'm Lady Phantom. And we have some announcements. <laughs> First, we changed the 4K master list to text only. No more graphics. And why we did this is because, for one, the page is so long, and when we get more, you got to scroll forever. And two, it's sortable by two different ways. You can now sort by letter grade from the best to the worst discs and also alphabetically. The easiest way to find if we covered a movie is just pop it in the search bar. And the second thing is just a little tip is we covered nine horror movies in the month of October. <laughs> yes, we went all in. <laughs> yeah, so for all you horror movie lovers, we covered many, many written reviews. If you haven't gone to the site, please do so because you get many more than what we cover. All right, I'm ready to get into some news. All right, Phantom, I'm going to go first. Starbucks lost $1.2 billion Ouch. this year, but it's not all bad news. They actually are profitable. They have actually made money during this. And this was surprising why I wanted to cover this because here most Starbucks are closed. I know. It's like insane. Like you go everywhere and well, not everywhere, but like sometimes it's 7 p.m., 8 p.m. Starbucks is closed and you're like, what? Yeah, it's <laughs> in crazy. casinos. Most of them in the casinos are closed if they don't have very limited hours. So... This is a company that was run right, basically, to be able to survive this. Yeah. Um, now, all that money they lost was profits, but they didn't lose money during this. And that's mainly due to what the analysts are saying because of their app and because of how they transitioned, I think, since 2011 for ordering on the go with the app. Yeah, I think, I mean, as far as I remember, Starbucks was... One of the first, if not the first restaurant, let's say, to do this. Like it was, since I can remember, like you could order in-app and everything. And then everybody followed suit. And then their STARS program helps too, where you get free coffees and stuff. Yeah, I mean, it incentivizes people to actually go and get coffee at Starbucks. So, yeah. Yeah, so kudos to Starbucks for maintaining it through all this. So they're not going to go bankrupt anytime soon because they're still making some money, even though the profits are dwindling. Yeah. All right, what do you got, Phantom? Well, by this time, it's not really like big news, but Sir Sean Connery passed away at 90 years old. And, oh, I felt that one. I mean, it's not that I'm sad or anything, but, oof, I mean, he was like the James Bond, and he was... Did you ever watch cool. him as James Bond, though, Phantom? I think once. <laughs> I but mean, you you're know talking what? back in the 50s or 60s, I would assume. I don't know. I don't know. But I do know that I never really liked him as James Bond. Like, I mean, I know he is, like, emblematic and everything, but I didn't really like him, like... Not really as James Bond. Like, I preferred Pierce Brosnan and Daniel Craig. I know it's like, ooh, blasphemous. I think most but. people here in America liked Roger Moore. I, I could be care. making a bold statement, but that's what I heard growing up. People really liked Roger Moore. Maybe. I mean, it's, I'm it's not just, a fan of the James Bond whole saga myself. So. Like, I like a few of the movies, but I mean,. I started to really like Sean Connery later, like The Untouchables, The Rock, The Hunt for Red October, mm -hmm. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, like all those movies, like he was so good in all of those. And he was a very, very good looking old man. Yes. So condolences to Sean Connery and all his family out there. Viva Las Vegas! Our pick this week is What Happens in Vegas from 2008. And who stars in this one, Phantom? Ashton Kutcher and Cameron Diaz. 
And many others. Actually. And Lake Bell and Jason Sudeikis and the guy that comedians. plays a friend that I don't rem I don't know his name. Yeah. So simple story here. Ashton Kutcher is a man child. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> like in Step Brothers, what we covered here. And he's on the outs with his girlfriend. And Camera Diaz is an uptight by the book person would you say professional yeah she she the likes to plan everything yes 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 her boyfriend breaks up with her and they both plot to go to vegas now they're not friends in any way whatsoever but they meet in vegas <laughs> yes because they want to just get away and do things she actually don't like vegas and don't want to go uh -huh. But her friend, who was amazing in this, by the way, I think she made this movie. Leg Bell is amazing. She is She's so really funny. funny. Is she a comedian by nature? Mm, not really. So. I mean, she. I've seen her in, in other stuff, like here and there, but not necessarily comedic. She, I know she was in a, in a short-lived series with Dax Shepard recently, but I, I didn't see that. Yeah, so they go to Vegas. They end up checking into the same hotel, and they got connecting rooms, yeah. and they actually walk <laughs> in on each other. And all four of these people are at odds Yes, during the beginning of this movie. Actually, the whole movie, actually. So what you have is, you know, these are all opposite peoples. His friend is a lawyer, a bad lawyer. A bad lawyer. Yes. So they go out, party together, get drunk together. Well, they end up tying the knot. <laughs> yes. And oddly enough, I thought there was a lot more Vegas in this movie, seeing it the I second know. time, but there's very little here. Maybe a 15-minute yeah. segment and then a flashback at the end. Yes. So you don't get a lot of Vegas, but let me progress the story. So they're married and... Ashton Kutcher wins millions of dollars with her quarter. Yeah, I mean, they are already saying, oh, okay, yeah, We're you're off the divorced. hook and everything. We're, right. We'll get a divorce, blah, blah, right, blah. Right, because they don't really like each other. Yeah, they, yes. So yes. they get back home and they're arguing about this while they go to divorce court and the judge, who's played by a popular comedian, Dennis Miller, Makes them live together for six months. He's got their $3 million tied up because mm -hmm. they were just going to split it. Well, they weren't going to split it. Actually, they both wanted it all right in the beginning. Yeah. Yes, because they were like, oh, but it was my quarter. Yeah, but I was playing it. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So the judge makes them live together for six months in his tiny apartment. Mm -hmm. And he's a slob and she's a neat freak. Obsessive compulsive. Yes. Right. So this is where all the comedy ensues, and that's what this whole movie is about. Yeah, and also a mention to Queen Latifah, who plays oh, the psychologist. Right. She is great. Well, I always love her in whatever she does because she's a great actress. Yeah. But she she is basically in charge of making sure they are really trying to be a married couple before they can actually get a divorce. The judge wants to see them not only live together, but try to make it work because he is just so sick and tired of the couples that just get married and if it doesn't work oh well we've got a divorce right and if you don't know out there in vegas you can get married in 15 minutes basically <laughs> the courthouse used to be open 24 hours i think it closes at midnight now mm -hmm. but you can go get a marriage license you don't need any blood tests here nothing you just go in with ID, say you're getting married, you got your license, and you can walk across the street and get married. Yes. So it's a really quick process. The parts in Vegas we got to cover, because this is a key to our topic, is they're staying at Planet Hollywood. Mm -hmm. There's some strip views when they're in the limo and stuff. And a wedding chapel here and there, but pretty much that's it for yeah. them. Yeah, I was yeah. surprised. I seen this movie when it came out and was expecting a lot more Vegas action in this. But it actually takes place, they're from New York, is it? I, I think, think in this so, movie. yes, yes. So it's primarily back in New York. And then in the epilogue, is it called, when they go back 
And to the flashbacks, yes. Yes, like The Hangover, it reminded me so much of yeah. that. These actually came out at the same year, I think. So they show you what it was like when they got married, and it's one of the better parts of the movie to me. Actually. Yeah, it's so funny. So what did you think of this film, Phantom? Oh, I love this movie. It's extremely funny. I mean, especially, as you said, with Lake Bell, like everything she says, she's one of those people that I love that can say the funniest things with a perfectly straight face. And the sparring between her and the lawyer friend, I mean, they are all like, he really likes her. But she hates him. And she just tells him, I will cut but you. But he's always pestering her yes. and stuff like yes, that. Yes, yes. They are amazing. Like, I love when she goes like, if I could make someone dead with my mind, it would be you. <laughs> I think they were the stars, Phantom. Oh, I'm they were serious. so good. They were so good. Ashton Kutcher was fine. I mean, he's always funny. Cameron Diaz can be extremely funny. And she, I think she did great in this movie. Yeah, I'm not too happy with this one, actually. I thought I liked this more than I no, did. No, I, I do. I do. I really liked it. And it does, I mean, some Ashton things don't Kutcher, add up. Ashton Kutcher, to me, gets tiring. His brand of humor, his kid-like humor. I, I just bothers me throughout the whole movie. Oh, uh, well... I mean, that's his character. Really. Yeah, but that's what he usually plays. He always plays the same type of character. Many times, yeah. So he got tiresome to me. Cameron Diaz was all right. Another one and not of my favorite actresses. I mean, she's okay. I liked her best in that one with um something about Mary. Uh-huh. There, yes, with, uh, there's something about name? Mary. Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller. I mm -hmm. thought that was way more funnier than this. But she is not the one that is in charge of the laughs there. Like, it's, I mean... She's really not in charge here either, I would say. In some parts, she does. I mean, she plays great when she's drunk. <laughs> like, it's, it's just funny. It just gets... Yeah, funny. but you're talking about five minutes of a almost two-hour movie. Though, that, man. and when she goes, like, whatever happened to what's mine is yours, honey... <laughs> <laughs> yeah see it's some funny. of that got tiresome to me because it's just them in this apartment arguing over everything you know they do things to make each other mad and i did enjoy the movie i just remembered liking it more when it came out mm -hmm. and this time it just fell pretty flat to me uh the friends are so funny this the woman what's her name lake bell yeah she wants to get back at Cameron Diaz's boyfriend and she concocts this idea in her head to go to the door and punch him in the <laughs> private parts and just point at him and say, you know. Well, this scene ends up happening in the end. It's the best part of the whole movie. Yes. Like, and it's after the credits. So stay for that because when the flashbacks come in and then that happens... It's the best part of the movie to me oh, by yes. far. Yes. Because it makes no sense. It's just they're so serious staring at somebody when you're punching them there. And they're like, you know, you yeah. know. Yeah, because like it's just that she, as as he said, like as, as when she concocts it at the bar, he's like, what if we punch him there? And then he goes like, why? And we say, you know why. <laughs> <Right. laughs> it like, happens exactly like that. <laughs> and here's another fault of this movie to me, Lady Phantom, is this is a romantic comedy. Yes. There's been so many of these and so many done way better. I just... When it got a little bit more serious, and you know how this movie's going to end, all these movies end this way, but when the sympathy comes into play and the empathy and when you're like rooting for them to get together, I just don't buy Aston Kutcher. I never have. I don't think he's that good of an actor. He's so mediocre to me. Okay, no, I did buy him. And actually, the parts that I enjoy, I think, the most in this movie, besides the you-know-why. But he is not a good dramatic actor. Well, say what you would. I liked him in The Butterfly Effect a lot, actually. But that's not the point. What I was going to say is that I really like the parts when he is at odds with his dad. Yeah, that's a side plot. Uh-huh. And, and she sticks by him. Which is uh, Treat Williams, another yes. star. Uh-huh. 
and she defend not defends him but like she stands by him and and it feels very genuine i really yeah, like she's that part. the one who pulled that off because his father's always after him because he's a kid he's a grown adult and he acts like a kid he doesn't work he doesn't do his best mm-hmm so you can see the father being like that and he gets fed up with him and actually he fires him that's another reason he goes to vegas because mm-hmm. he has no job and no money yeah but yeah you're right i mean she pulled it off but i really like those parts in the movie and, and i really enjoy it i still enjoy it the same as before there there is one part i'll say i really liked that he hold off when they're sitting around the table when she invites his parents over because Mm -hmm. he don't get along with his parents he don't want to really have nothing to do with them after he gets fired and they're criticizing him and he stands up and he has this fake laugh (laughs) like trying to be Uh you know what i mean to go along but he's teed off Uh that specific scene i bought (laughs) but outside of that all right ratings fans out there this is really a forgettable film and not much vegas action it's still better than average i would say so i'm going to give it a 5.5 if you like romantic comedies lighthearted roms there is funny parts in it so 5.5 right to me it's a seven and it is uh, a buy all right you ready to get to the good stuff yeah it is the beginning of november we are covering coco from 2017 an animated film and that's the only genre we list these types of film in it now lady phantom do you know any of these voice actors yes i do so we have that i know gael garcia bernal he plays hector benjamin bratt he plays ernesto de la cruz uh i have jaime camille he plays um Miguel's dad, Alfonso Arau, plays uh, someone else, one of the dead people. And Ana Ophelia Murguia, she plays Mama Coco. Those one are the ones that I know. And these are specifically Mexican actors? Yes. All right, yes, what's that are. summary say on IMDb? Aspiring musician Miguel, confronted with his family's ancestral ban on music, enters the land of the dead to find his great-great-grandfather, a legendary singer. Do you like that? Uh, well, it, it it does encapsulate what the movie is about. Yeah. Well, I'll add more to that because that's not too good to me. Well, Miguel is. Not, it's not that like he's an aspiring musician. He really loves music. It really speaks to him, and he admires this um, Ernesto de la Cruz character, who is really a take on Pedro Infante who is a legendary, actually, uh, singer and actor in Mexico. But the point is that he wants to be in this uh, contest on the Dia de Muertos, which, by the way, is today. And That's why we're covering the exactly. movie. And she can go on and describe this holiday there in detail yes, later on. a little later on. So he wants to participate in this talent contest. But to do that, he needs a guitar. And nobody wants to give him a guitar. And in his family, the sole mention of music for reasons that are very apparent, we, we will explain later, he just can't. So he has this great idea of going to a mausoleum and getting the guitar of this legendary singer. Stealing it. Stealing it. Well, borrowing it, but he's really stealing it for all intents and purposes. So that takes him immediately to the land of the dead. And he has no idea what's going on. He just knows that there are a lot of skeletons everywhere. Okay, let's back up to the beginning of Mm -hmm. the story before you just start describing everything here. You learn about the family. Yes. It's a narration, and he is describing that his family hates music because his great-great-grandfather left to go on the road and play music and never come back. So she had to take care of their kid at the time. She was left alone. 
and she starts becoming a shoemaker. Now, all during these many generations, they're all shoemakers. They never talk of music and such. Yeah, and it's not only that they don't talk about it. It's like they actively ban it. Like she gets this hatred for music, for what it represents for them. And like every single mention of music in their house is a no-no. Right. So for this lead kid boy, his parents are that way and his grandmother and aunts and uncles and all that yeah, type everybody. stuff. He just wants to play music. What age would you put on him, ladies I Phantom? would say 11, 12 at most. And he is a very, <laughs> what's the right word? What type of child would you say this is? I wouldn't say vindictive, but very, well, he doesn't listen. He's actually a problem child, I, I would I say. No, you said that the first time we saw it, and I still disagree. I don't think he's a problem child. He just is very sure of what he wants, which is to play but music. But he disregards his parents and grandmother many times. And even during later in the film, he well, is yes. very adamant of what he wants and he even makes suggestion to other characters oh you're for yourself and all this kid is for himself there's a moral to this story that oh, he yeah. learns but in the first 75 percent of this movie he is a very all for himself kid yeah but i mean i yes you're right but they are being also very, very much not an understanding family. I mean, he if he thinks it music is matter. the only That's thing that makes him and happy. Grandparents. Yeah, so what? I mean, if you are passionate about something, if you are so passionate about something, you shouldn't have to renounce it just to keep your family but happy. This is life. But still. I mean, a life without something that makes you deeply happy cannot okay, be a happy life. he's so young? All kids like music. Yes, I would expect <laughs> him. I mean, someone who, with that kind of, uh, let's say, focus on what, he, on what he wants, I would expect him to be older, someone in his 20s or something. So, yeah, I mean, from that point of view, yes, you're right. And also, I mean... He yes, he disregards his family I mean, you a lot. Remember, and here we go with an argument between Phantom and me. These movies are primarily for kids, and this is our eternal battle because no, they are for both. But I agree with that mildly. But who is the primary audience for these movies? Are kids, and when kids see a kid blatantly disregard all of his elders and family it doesn't matter that it turns out happy lovey like all these movies do is not a good thing in my opinion that's but my no opinion. he the point is that i mean pixar movies are very much like this here you don't have a side that is right and one that is wrong the family they have their reasons to behave the way they are behaving, but they are being intransigent. Okay, but Lady Phantom, here comes the moral of the story, basically, and she can go on and describe this. They talk about this day. Pronounce it for me. I don't want to screw it up. Dia de Muertos. Which is November what? Second. Okay. It's your sort of Halloween. No. Not really, but a lot of people here equate it to that. They are wrong. <laughs> okay. So she's going to explain that. But the family goes on to tell this child that you have to remember the family that is past. You have to put their pictures up so on this one day of the year, their spirits can come back and be with their family and you set out food and things they like this day of the year. Correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. Is that an accurate portrayal of the holiday? In general, yeah. You don't believe the spirits come back and... That is a tradition. That so is the tradition. Yes. Okay. So this boy completely disregards this. 
The mother tells him the grandmother's on his back about this. He doesn't listen at all to what they're telling him. And before <laughs> you explain, we got to mention who is Coco and what is her story? Coco is the grandmother. She is very old and uh, she is the daughter of the musician that left. Right. And they have uh -huh. a picture cut out on uh -huh. this, what's this the, uh, chimney type thing? That they, they call it ofrenda. It's, uh, yes, it's an altar de muertos. Like an altar, yes. would you say? Actually, it's uh, it's called an altar de muertos or ofrenda, as they call it in the, in the movie. It's an kind of altar where you put the pictures of the people that you want to remember when they're dead. And you put candles and uh, flowers it's the mexican marigold it's called cempasuchil over there and colored paper that is called papel picado and many other things so you put these people there so you can remember them and you cook the things that they used to like and put them on the offering as well right and you believe as tradition that the spirits come there or around yes. Yes. Okay, now this is where the story, I'm sure, breaks. You don't believe there's skeletons like in this movie here. No, I mean, this movie... So jump up to that. When this mm -hmm. boy goes to the land of the dead, explain what all these dead people are doing. They're actually living as skeletons. Yeah. And partying and, you know, living on like regular people do. Yeah, they are moving on in their death let's say right and the and you, the you can tell who is who because they very cleverly designed these skeletons to look like their alive counterparts when they were mm -hmm. alive it's uh, it's very clever so actually. he gets stuck in this death world and he comes across his family that he don't know he yeah. remembers them via picture uh -huh. which was neat how they did the transitions there so you know as an audience watcher and um, they want to send them back. They don't want anything about music there. There's this little leaf, would you say, they it's have? It's a petal, a, a petal, okay. a marigold petal. And he needs the blessing to of go his back family home. to go back home. But at the beginning, his great-great-grandmother is all for sending him home, but with the condition that he forgets about music and he is like, nope. No. Right. Yet no. again, he takes off and goes after this most famous singer in Mexico who has passed and <laughs> is cherished in this life, too. Mm -hmm. And he has all the food and everything during this day because he's so beloved and stuff like that. Well, we can't dive deep into this, but he wants to meet his great great grandfather because he thinks that he'll understand him since he's a musician and send him back with a wish that he doesn't have to stop music. Yeah. So there's some side plots I don't want to cover because it could spoil it. And I don't think we should go near that at all mm -hmm. because if you've never seen this, I mean, it's some big revelations in this yeah. movie. He does come around. We'll say that he starts to trust his family more and understand more. But the family also starts to understand him more true true and um what else you want to cover with this movie then well it's just i think the the message is very good as usual with this pixar movies it's not that he's right and they're wrong or they are right and he's wrong it's like everybody is a little bit right and a little bit wrong and they reach a compromise and they reach an understanding and it's all based on communication because the problems that arise in this movie are because of lack of communication and yeah i mean that is a real thing it's like if everybody starts to be a little more understanding and accepting and willing to compromise everything would be better for everyone I will describe one more little plot in this, Lady Phantom, is these people that are living in the dead, the land of the dead, the skeletons, that if they're not remembered, then they 
completely oh, yeah. pass on. They dissolve. They no longer are. Uh-huh. So that is very key, and you see this happen a couple times. And once you are forgotten, then you're out of everybody's memory, basically, and you have no spirit, pretty much, right? Yeah, that's uh, that's the general idea in the movie. That's yes. not a thing. And I would say, you know, if we did break down genres in this, this is definitely an adventure. Yeah. <laughs> There's a major adventure going on in here. Yeah. And drama. And okay. comedy. And, and comedy. Yeah, yeah, this has a lot of things going for it. Musical. I mean, yeah. There's quite a bit of music. Not as much as I would have thought there was in this being about music. I mean, there is several. But it's not like a musical you think that plays or popping out in song all the time. Yeah, no. no, Pixar doesn't do that in general. So that I was happy with there. So why don't you describe, we'll end this review with exactly what you do in real life on this Day of the Dead. Well, I will like compare because if not, we would take like forever. I like... That, I mean, this is a fairly faithful representation. It's not completely accurate either. It's not like if you watch Coco, you know everything about the Day of the Dead because that's not the case. To begin with, it's like the actors, it's really funny. I don't know if really there is a lack of Mexican actors in Hollywood or what. Like, I have no idea why they have to bring on people who are not Mexican. And it's not because I'm like hating or anything on anyone. It's just that it's so clear who's Mexican and who's not because the way they say the Day of the Dead. And all the Mexican actors in this movie will say Dia de Muertos, which is the way we say it in Mexico. But the ones that are not, it's Dia de los Muertos. And for some reason, that grinds my gears so much. I thought you were supposed to be describing what this day actually is. That I want to say things. Okay. Okay, okay. And... uh, it's in general, it's really nice. So basically what is done on this day is like you you set up the offering a few days before, like from probably Halloween or something. You know, you set up this offering to the dead. And then on the day of All Saints, All Saints Day, which is November 1st, the souls of the children are supposed to come back. And then on the on November 2nd, it's the souls of the grown-ups. And like in general, everyone, you know, and there are these traditions in which people many times they set up this offering at the cemetery, actually, like there, or many people also do it at home. So the, the, the people remember their family. There is a lot of music. There are vendors. There are, it's like a super party. Is there these candy skulls that are so popular here nowadays and where people are getting this tattooed? Yeah, that is so weird. I mean, I remember those sugar skulls from when I was very, very little. And you always get your sugar skull with your name on, if they can put it on, like where, where you buy it. Sometimes, I mean, now... Not so much because many times people buy these sugar skulls at Walmart <laughs> and supermarkets. But what do they signify in Mexico? It's just a skull to put on the offering. It's and to just eat like it. our candy cane. You could say that, yeah. I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, since the it has your name, it's like it represents like you when you die later on. You know, it's it's just candy. But and there the are many main others. gist of this story is accurate. This is one day where the spirits are supposed to come back to the family. Yeah, to the it's to the, the only offering. day. Yes, yeah, to the they are supposed to come here to the offering and like share the meal with you because of course it's not that the food is on the on the altar and it's left there to rot. No, like the family actually eats that food. It's meant to be a, a remembrance. And hopefully you know this, or I'm going to put you on the spot. How did this start? Oh, well, this is uh, a pre-Hispanic thing. Like the the Aztecs and everything, like in pre-Hispanic times, they had traditions to remember their dead. But then when the Spanish people came into Mexico and conquered, they, something that they used to do, actually, the Spanish conquerors, was like meld traditions. Like they put together things 
And uh, so this tradition is like really like a mixture because, yeah, I mean, it has this pre-Hispanic beliefs, you know, like the, for, exa for example, the dog that you see in this movie, it's a uh, Cholos Quintle. And they are traditionally the dogs that accompany the souls, like between worlds. The alebrijes, no, they are, I'm sure they just pick them because they are traditionally Mexican and because they are really colorful. But no, I mean, they are, they, they don't really have anything to do with souls or anything like that. And do people in Mexico get dressed up like they do in this with the skull paint and everything? Some, but it's not a, a thing. Not really. That I think that is more modern, more than anything. But okay. as I was saying, the when the Spanish came, they made a thing in which they put together the feasts of all saints, which is November 1st, and the faithful departed, which is November 2nd. And they set these celebrations on those days because that's what they used to do. You know, so they didn't strip the Aboriginal people or the indigenous people from their traditions and they got to put together the thing with the catholic tradition as well so in this offering in this altar you also see crosses and everything it's in part is religious but mainly it is not okay i'm ready to rate and recommend this movie well i don't know if i'm well you're not going to talk about the sound or the visuals or anything come well, on you can wait till 4k to get into that Okay. All right. So I am going to give this a seven. It's my second favorite animated film, and I've only seen about seven, maybe <laughs> seven or eight of these type films. I'm not an animated type person, but I enjoyed it more the first watch, no doubt, because I was learning. And I think it has something to do with Phantom. She is Mexican, so I like learning her traditions, too. Because this is prevalent in the tattoo world with people getting sugar skulls. And that's where my knowledge of this all became, basically. Yeah, you know, that's I'm right. Like, what is that? Why are people getting that? And, like, it's very common yeah, to and see actually, people with that. Not And Phantom, I don't know if you know, but here people equate this with Halloween. Just I think it's because of skeletons, but it has nothing whatsoever to do no, with No, it's because of the Halloween. dates. And matter of fact, they don't celebrate Halloween there. Well, we, yeah, people do. Oh, you do? Yeah, I mean, it's just not a big as big a thing as here. But yeah, like kids go treat or treating and they... Treat or treating or trick or treating? Trick or treating. <laughs> And uh, they dress up, you know, they put the costumes on and stuff. Yeah, it's but just separated from everything else. I would be very shocked how many percentage of people here actually know what this day is because it seems like they treat it like Halloween to yes, me. I and agree. it's just not that. So a seven, I enjoyed it more the first time, like I said. I have problems with this kid, um, but I liked learning I didn't mind the music. I'm not a big fan of Mexican music either, but I didn't mind that. And it was interesting to me. And I think most people would get quite a bit out of this movie. So it's a rental, though. It's not a buy to me. Like, now that we've covered it, I don't think I'll ever watch it again. I know the, the Phantom has it on. I might see a bit or piece here and there. But, yeah, it's a rental. What do you got? Well... I think in this movie, the attention to detail is insane. They researched a lot to make this movie. Actually, it's the longest, I think, any Pixar movie has been in production. Six years to get everything right. They went to Mexico. They researched it. And at some point, I remember there was this thing when Pixar wanted to copyright the Day of the Dead name and of course they didn't because that's a stupid thought in itself because like who the do you think you are to do something like that but it is its attention to detail is great there are so many tidbits like the the abuelita they call her the grandmother like hitting someone with a with a slipper it's a very mexican thing it's called la chancla it's a slipper and it's a typical way for <laughs> traditionally grandmothers and mothers to hit their kids with a slipper it's a very mexican thing 
In the land of the dead, you see a lot of Mexican dead people and they are recognizable. It's amazing. When you see someone play the guitar, I mean, I play the guitar, so I know that. I don't need to read IMDb to know that the actual notes match what is happening on the screen. It is insane. But yeah, also I have some, not problems with it, but some things that I am not really a fan of, like that inconsistency of the Dia de los Muertos and Dia de Muertos, it just grinds my gears because it's so obvious that they didn't get Mexican people to do it. And honestly, I think they should have just to make it really authentic. It's like they were really inconsistent in that way, but whatever. The kid, yeah, I mean, he's not great. He's not perfect, but the family isn't either. They are just people. And they are real people. And I would not expect a kid this young to be that understanding of the realities of life. So to me, this movie is an eight. It's not perfect, but it's a great movie. And it is a buy. Wow, I'm surprised you were that. I'll say the Hector guy who plays a key part in this, he's like the comic relief. He got annoying to me too. But there was some really funny lines. You know, he walks skeletal-like. And then the boy, because he's on the loose in this land of the dead, everybody's looking for him to get him out of here. And he paints his face so he looks more, you know, deadish. Mm-hmm. And he starts walking like Hector. And he's like, why are you walking like this? Well, that's how you're walking. He's like, no, I ain't walking that way. And yeah it's there's, funny. there's some bits that i really enjoyed in this but you know i give it a seven i think that's competent for a lot of the technicals so let's move on all right these animated films are pretty tough to rate on 4k because on blu-ray and dvd they look really good yeah. because they're all digital anyway so how would you say was the hdr and uh, wide color gamut Lady Phantom. I think they were both fantastic. Like, talk about wide color gamut in some points. Not all of it. You've actually seen popping off the screen? A few times, yes. Okay, I've seen none. No, I, I, I did see a few things here and there. Not as many as I would have expected. But yeah, like there's this place where they uh, sing and there's a papaya on stage. And, and then there's this cloth around it, like moving. And I thought it really, really popped. But then, for example, there are there's a lot of fireworks. And those looked kind of fakish, even for an animated movie. So, kind of. But white color gamut. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. There's so much color in yeah, this movie. Yeah, that's where this movie completely excels. And yeah. what helps the 4K. Because the yes. HDR, she's saying she noticed it. They could have really blown this movie out. This could have been a demo-worthy disc, in my opinion. Yes. Because it has the color gamut. There's a million colors in this movie. Yeah. I mean, there is just such vibrant and colorful scenes when they go to landscapes during this time in the Land of the Dead. Like, it blows The Alebrijes things are, like, so colorful. And this flying cat thing. Yeah, the Alebrijes. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. What well, is the term? Is full of color, oh, and yes. then the dog turns into the spirit guide and is full of color. But even during like the musical sets and when people are dancing and stuff, it's so colorful. Like opposite of maybe what you would think with just them all being skeletons. Yeah, but you know what's funny that I noticed is that all these skeletons they have sugar skull designs on them with color now that color doesn't really pop out that much but it's not supposed to because they're still meant to look like skeletons but you do see like colors and and designs on their faces it's really interesting and i did i don't think that i noticed that last time so were you depressed that there's not any hdr very little to what you're well not depressed but certainly disappointed disappointed yeah i mean this was a 30 dollar disc this is no cheap disc and you if you have disney plus you can stream this now in 4k yeah 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 it's disney movies in general are never cheap and they don't really come down 
So yeah, yeah so my fault is to the studio. Disney is known in this world not for producing great discs or doing a lot with them. Pixar. Like, I mean, I know that it's part of Disney, but it's only part. Like, Pixar is the one that made the movie, not Disney. Yeah, but who converted the disc? I'm uh, sure well, Disney has yeah. the say to it of yeah. what gets done. And maybe Pixar. It doesn't matter. There's the same company now. The point is, like, the point do is, something about it. It looks beautiful in color, and you're not going to get that on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. So for that alone, yes. that's worthy to me. Now, this is in Dolby Atmos. Mm-hmm. Funnily enough, it defaults to 5.1 in this movie. <laughs> yeah. And Atmos is only available on the 4K disc. It's not available on the Blu-ray. But it's not worth it. Not really. There's I mean, very it's... few even surrounds in this movie. And it's surprising because there's some wide like bands and stuff when they're on stage. And it could have had like a stadium feel and stuff and golfed around you in this environment and it didn't. Very few surrounds, maybe like when that cat thing was flying, something like that, but not much. Yeah, I I also expected way more sound from this movie, like way more. And yeah, we didn't really get it. Yeah, the voices were super intelligible. Like you could have had this movie down low nothing ever overrided that but you just didn't get this surrounding feeling which this movie should have had to me so that's a pretty big letdown to me all right what special features we got on the blu-ray disc there all right over two hours of bonus including commentary deleted scenes paths to pixar coco the music of coco welcome to the fiesta how to draw a skeleton and more have you seen them? No, no I No, you not. never popped it in? No. All right, what's your final grade, Phantom? Ooh, well, it's a hard one because, yeah, the sound was very disappointing, but the video, I mean, when you can look at a piece of papel picado and see the texture of that thing, and it's just spot on. And Coco's face, her close-ups, you could really see the detail the artists put in this. Yeah, I mean, the attention to detail in in this movie is off the charts. And 4K does highlight that because you got way more pixels, so. Yes. So I think this movie is a solid B+. That's exactly what I got. Yeah, it just can't. And I I really think it deserves a B, really, because I don't like it that close to demo-worthy because the HDR could have took this to another level. True. Yeah, but with the sound, the sound's a pretty big letdown yes. here, Phantom. Yes, it is, but still. I mean, you are For not going to get... For the colors, we're rating it. Yes. yes. There's a millions and millions of colors yeah you're not getting colors like this in most movies it's it's just incredible the attention to detail the pedals on the floor like every time they like step on pedals they shine and you get the like there's the scene in the mausoleum for example where you can see the specular highlights because there's dust and you see it and it's right there and it's just right you know it's not too little it's not too much it's i i don't know i mean i'm not gonna tell you that wow it's like exactly looking at mexico but it's close Okay, final question for you. You're saying it's worthy, of course. Yes, I, I do and believe it's worthy. And that's what I want to pressure you on. What if you're going to be getting Disney Plus or will be subscribing or do? Well, well, well. I would say if you're planning to keep Disney Plus forever, then don't buy it. Just stream it. Because, I mean, Disney Plus has amazing quality in 4K movies but if you don't know then just buy it because yeah i mean also i'm not sure if disney plus includes all the extras i i'm not sure about that i i have to check it out but i mean if you get the 4k and the blu-ray that comes with the 4k then you get all the extras now 
were raving about the color, Blu-ray is going to look great on this movie. Yeah, but not as great. Definitely. So you think that 30 bucks is worthy on this movie if this is something. Yeah, the thing is that the blue I mean the Blu-ray is going to be it's going to be looking great. I mean, remember 50 some percent of the people buy the DVDs, so which that's that going to look true. really good too. I mean, there ain't no grain or nothing. Yeah, I <laughs> It'll mean It'll look flat and static compared to 4K, but Yeah, it's just I mean, the Blu-ray is going to look good, but it's going to look flat. You need the white well, color gamut on Blu-ray. No. It's going to be bright. It's going to be bright and neat and clean, yeah, but you need the ga- white collar yeah, gamut to this to enjoy gaining, this movie. And that's what I'm trying to get out of Phantom. Does uh, we're both saying the disc is worthy, no doubt. But like, if you're on the fence on this disc, is what I was trying to get the Phantom out. Does that many more colors warrant? the purchase here because you're not gaining anything on the special effects or the sound front you think that does getting the more vibrancy just the wider color gamut you're seeing more colors yeah and more detail of course not much more detail but you will see more detail yeah all right so there you have it There's our first release in November down, Coco. Where do you want our fans to go, Lady Phantom? BillShetty.com. Go there, sign the guest book. Remember, we accept recommendations, suggestions, requests, everything. Um, Leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Check out Horror Movie Weekly. Um, I'm on Twitter. At Lady Phantom seventy four, and we're both on Letterbox. So if you want to follow us there, we follow back. So for Bill Shetty and Lady Phantom, we will catch you on the next episode of Movies in Four K.